Welcome back to the Alaska Music Podcast. He planned on doing something else when he came by the studio, but I set him down and interviewed him. This is my old friend, Duke Russell, Anchorage artist, etc. We're going to pick up the interview where I finally got the microphone set up and started recording. Duke Russell. I've been cleaning out my closets. Yeah. What's that like? Man, it has been ever since I left my shop in 2017. Mm -hmm. um, I could not move downstairs. It was boxes to the ceiling everywhere, yeah. and it took about a year to get most of it. And I keep pulling stuff out, putting it on the table, and sorting a little bit. And when I get tired, I, I put whatever remains in, in a box. And, and so I've gotten down to where I don't really have any of that left. I've gone through it so many times and, and condensed my, my footprint uh, a jillion times. And so I'm just down to that place where, you know, you ask me something, I know pretty much where it is. Yeah. You know. Anybody who's just dropping in here, I just dropped in myself. I just started recording. I'm, I'm sitting here with uh, my old friend, Duke Russell. I've known you since high school. That's I right. Think. Yep. Yep. You had the Chrome Super Latour. Yep. I had that for a long oh, time. Oh, man. <laughs> yeah. Well, what were you writing? I was writing a Dolphin 300Z for my first year. It was a baseline product from two-wheel taxi and ski steel rims uh center pull brakes uh it was it was fine you know really to be honest it was for the, for the best bike i had had up to that date but the year after i got a sakai 2500 yeah which was a lightweight bike um not a super amazing bike but definitely a little more aggressive you know yeah yeah, I think mine came from the bicycle shop. Absolutely did. Yeah. The only place that sold Schwinn's back in the day. Yeah. Shoop. I went through two shoop. of those. Really? Yeah. yeah. Uh, I, I used one up, really. Well, you were, I think, just inseparable on that bike because I'd always see you riding yeah. around. Yeah, I mean, my friend Miles were always out yeah. on, the, on the trails all summer long. Yeah, yeah. Thank you, Tony Knowles. Yes, indeed, indeed. And what what were you what were you saying about uh, you were talking about cleaning out your studio like you you've you've reduced yourself down right it, it you know this is some five years later that uh, it's been a kind of a an ongoing process of of stripping down to the stuff that I really need and and getting rid of or you know, giving away whatever it isn't it really being being useful yeah I've I used to do a lot of props for. Uh, film and commercials and stuff so you know not only did I have like all the power tools and all this stuff to make things but you know what I have bits and bobs left over from all the jobs and I slowly had to kind of just kind of get rid of some of that stuff but uh, I do a lot of different things so you know I I require a lot so I have a full band uh, kit you know a drum kit and a bass and guitar and and PA system down in the basement it's a whole music room I've got a closet that has a, a voice uh, thing in it and um, I, I have a little print uh, online store so I have my little online store uh, you know in one of the closets and uh, of course my, all of my sort of construction stuff my saws and things and then my cooking uh, you know working out at Centennial Park this summer I geared up and got some bigger pots and pans and and so I, I can easily cook for 30 to 50 people uh, without much of uh, a problem. What was that latest thing I saw? Was sandwiches. How, the how sandwiches. are you producing them and where are you putting them? Right. Well, uh, the Mountain View uh, community fridge is on Mountain View Drive uh, right next to or in the courtyard of uh, 
Umoja, uh, U-M-O-J-A. It's uh, right next to New Berlin. Uh, it's in a courtyard. There's a shed with a, a cooler inside, and people drop food off. And, like, if you make sandwiches or something, you put what's inside of it on a label and um, and the date you made it, and then uh, people pick it up and eat it. So it's a lot more tenable than what you were doing before at the park where you were going out and leaving food. You get a little bit of trouble for that, didn't you? Right. Feeding, feeding um, people, actually feeding I, people was I a problem. I was embarrassing someone, and so that's why they kind of asked me to stop because nobody really cares. And I did ask for permission in the beginning, and mm-hmm. they did say that there was really nothing they could do to stop me, so... Uh, I did, and 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 it was it went really well. We had a nice stable kind of thing. We developed uh, behavioral. It was a behavioral moment where people could just be chill, right? So if you were around and being served the the food, you'd have to kind of conduct yourself. You couldn't so, just go. You so know, let's crazy. let's describe this to anybody who's dropping in who doesn't know anything about it. There's yeah. a there's a homeless situation, houseless situation houseless, in Anchorage, yeah. and everyone was ferried by the administration to a particular area to the west of Anchorage, kind of in the, mm-hmm. starting at the foothills, right. Centennial Park. And that's where everybody was, and they weren't being taken care of. No, no. To, Beans to was going out there, but before. once a day, people were, had no uh, tent. They, a lot of their stuff was thrown away, and then they were shipped over. Uh, the other thing that's really important to understand is that there are, uh, there are so many different groups of people within the Centennial Park campers. You know, there are folks who really need minders, folks who are suffering from some pretty serious uh, mental health issues. There are folks who are uh, really heavily addicted to hard drugs and as well as uh, real chronic alcoholism. And so they, they break down. They either emotionally break down or they start yelling are sort of getting aggressive, and and it's a considerable number. Most everybody is being cool, uh, but my lesson is you can't just throw this this group of people into one thing and say they're all this one thing. And they're not. <clears throat> Eventually, they got the kids out of there, but it took it took several weeks for that to happen. They're placing, you know a mom with kids right next to someone who's who's involved with hard drugs and they didn't care who they put next to whoever they just did it and um there's a lot of lack of of empathy that way and so something that kept me bringing bringing it back because i had no plans to be any kind of like uh you know salvation or anything Mm -hmm. but the first day i was there i felt that i had created such an impact that i i've I was into it. I wanted mm-hmm. to come back. Yeah. I, and I did. I wanted to come back every day. It made me feel like I was doing something. I got to understand the situation. I got to understand a lot about myself, you know, and where I stand. And when I sleep in my bed at night, how I feel very differently. Because uh, I would be terrified if I had to sleep out there. Because you just don't know what's going on in the outside of your tent. People are thieves. People are violent, you know. And uh, if you were a woman, you know, you were faced with a lot a lot of dangers as well. And this is real stuff. And it was happening at Sullivan Arena. It was happening everywhere. But, you know, a lot of people think to themselves, Salvation Army, they've got it. No need to worry. It's, on, it's, it's, it's dealt with. It's in control. Or like this organization, that organization. You know, it's just stuff. You know, without the people behind it, without... Any, any individuals stepping up, you know, uh, 
I've, I've sort of thought this thing out a lot. And, and what, I, what I get from it is that if you're a houseless person and have been houseless for a long time, think of all the times that you have been asked to leave yeah. this place, that place, the other place. And it just, you know, after two years or something, you think to yourself, like, if I can't be here, where, where can I be? And, you know, isn't it a primary thing in, you know, when you're on this earth that you have a, a right to be, you know? And that, to me, is the heartbreaker right there. Yeah. Because we're kind of saying you don't have the right to be. Just do whatever you're doing, but don't do it here. And, and, and that's that. And then so we go on ignoring. Yeah. And it just, uh, it, that is something that I cannot do. Once you learn something, you can't unlearn it. Yeah. And uh, so Well, that's the idea that if you're, you have to be part of the uh, economic machine in order to participate in society or to even exist, to be allowed to exist in right. society. Right. And then, uh, yeah, you end up with um, situations that society creates, really. Yeah. I mean, people yeah. living under a bridge, that's because that's the one place where we allow it to be. And then you find society finds that unacceptable. Well, find someplace else. Find some other solution. We're well, not really digging too think, hard into it. Think them. about that. Like, why something happens, whether the camp is raised or whatever, it's like the reason they're doing something, whatever that is, is not because of the houseless individual it's because of all the other people who feel uncomfortable about yeah. having to do having to deal with this yeah. and i started thinking about this within the houseless community of the campers at centennial park i've heard this story a lot i'm not one of them i'm not homeless i i am uh i was sent here by god or i uh, i'm doing a report mm -hmm. or um you know, I'm not like some of these folks who just ask for more and more and more. I'm ready to work, and and they're delineating themselves. And it is, I find that interesting because when you go to the other side of town, and and you you see entitled people, it's like I'm not homeless. You know, I made the right path. I made the right decisions, and and this is where I'm at you know, yeah. and in, in giving themselves just a wee bit too much credit, you know, in, yeah. in a lot of respects. So, yeah. yeah, yeah, it's sobering. It really is. Uh, uh, and I, and I tell you, it became more important in some ways than, than art because like, how can I sit here and even do art? And, you know, I just have to relax because I'm like, you know, I, I got to go out and buy some more potatoes for yeah. this thing, you know. <laughs> I, I can't stop thinking about it, so yeah. I, I gotta chill out some. But yeah, it it uh, it really has. Yeah, there's times me. when politics politics sort of fail, and people have to just have boots on the ground and figure out how yeah. they're gonna. How I was they're gonna trying to embarrass personally. the mayor a little bit. Good, but, but it wasn't. F it was kind of the first day, and then I realized that that was a very petty. Uh, angle. <laughs> yeah. Well, I don't think he's capable but, of being embarrassed. I know. So. I know. Yeah. That's I, I am working on a painting. Uh, I went out there, plein air, and yeah. right in front of the office. Okay. So yeah. I've got the setup. <laughs> you can look way down the street. And so what I'm going to do is have these silhouette of campers like running from the woods with bears, silhouettes of bears, you know, coming and chasing them. Yeah. And then everybody in the cabin in the office in front. Uh, you know, they're crackling fire. They're toasting their champagne glasses and stuff, <laughs> asking uh, each other for, you know, would you like another cinnamon roll? I'd like, know, to, I'd like to see them run in through the front door with the bears behind them. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
We're going to take a little break right now and have a listen to one of Duke's wildly improvisational bands, the Comacollins. And if I'm hearing the voice correctly, I think that's Sarah Middleton on one of the lead vocals. Here it is, Pancake Corral from the Comacollins. Is it a fun place to get your pancake on? Is it a fun place for you to get a side of eggs? Yes, it's a fun place to sit down in a booth and sink your tooth in a pancake. Do they have many, many kinds? God, I hope so. I've been dreaming about the pancake around all morning. Pancake around when I'm tired of yawning. Pancake around. You know, I like pancakes with my coffee in the morning. Pancake Corral, they won't turn you away. Even if you have to wait Everybody's for a Everybody's welcome. Yeah. You might have to wait. Some days there's a line. There's always one guy that comes there wanting waffles, and that's one thing they don't serve. It's a crime. It's the Pancake Corral. You know, one time I had a dream about a pancake corral. It had low, low fences around it because the pancakes weren't very tall. They were swimming in a big tank full of maple syrup. And when they're rolled up around the filling with powdered sugar, they're called a crepe And your mama comes and cuts it into small pieces So you can eat it without choking They're just as delicious as the American kind Oh, better. Everything from Europe is better Everything? Oh, especially Europeans Back to our interview with Alaskan artist, Duke Russell. 
So you've gotten in trouble for painting before. I mean, you're going to get in trouble for this, I hope. Right, the FBI. But paint, yeah, so the <laughs> FBI building that, that got erected. Not far from where we're talking. Twice. Brick, twice? Yeah, twice. I only knew about the first one. Well, Tom uh, ran this, uh, this uh, uh, what was it, the political magazine, uh, Tom Bigich. Tom Bigich, yeah. yeah. Yeah, years ago. And why, why can't I think of the name? But I did a series of pretty fun... Uh, cartoons and stuff mm-hmm. <clears throat> and he asked me to draw uh, government buildings yeah so the hill building had just been remodeled the FBI building was new uh-huh. and the courthouse so I drew all portraits of these buildings and when I did the FBI building the guy came out and uh, gosh what did he do he he uh, he motioned me for coming over and they say the first time wasn't as bad. He just, he, you know, don't you, have you heard of Oklahoma? You know, and I didn't quite understand the reference, but he was like the bombing of, you know. Yeah, right. And, uh, the notorious and, painter Timothy McVeigh. Yeah, I'm going, dude, I'm not even on your property, you know. It's like I'm standing and this, oh, oh, the first, oh, the first time the cops were the first ones that saw oh, me. Oh, okay. So when they eyeballed me and then they came around and then the woman was asking me all of these questions and she was doing the interrogation and stuff about, you know, uh, what's, this, what's this for? And I was being a, a smart ass and I was like, you know, is it, I don't know if it's illegal to, uh, you know, be standing on the sidewalk and da-da-da. Well, we can't be too careful and all la 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 And um, and so I did a, a beautiful letter to the editor uh-huh. and it got the gray box and uh, I saved it. It was beautiful. <laughs> I made a really funny editorial yeah. about, about these cops. Uh, mm-hmm. Sort of overreach, I guess, you yeah. know. Yeah. And then the second time, yeah, he he asked me in the into the FBI I, he took my ID, went upstairs, was gone for a long time, and I was kind of scared that time, you know, because I wasn't sure. Like, he was just being more of a jerk about it. And he comes down, he says to the boss, yeah, we've got your first, uh, when w- that first event uh, was on the front page of the paper. We did a sketch in after I got hassled, and we landed the front page of the paper. So, uh, gosh, do you remember B Max old girlfriend, uh, Kim, she had this long, uh, she was Lady Liberty and sitting on a bar stool uh-huh. and there had like six plein air painters painting her and mm-hmm. sketching her uh, on the corner of the museum. Mm-hmm. And uh, and then so Cynthia Toomey, I think, wrote a, wrote a thing on it. But uh, that was framed in the FBI building, right? <laughs> and and then the, sec- the third time was when Christo came up the paper asked me which building would I want to to cover in fabric, and I said the FBI building, Clearly. of course, you yeah. know. And they asked me to do an illustration, so I did an illustration yeah. of that. Every time, every time I drive by that building, I think about your run-in because <laughs> it's, it's opaque. Hilarious. There's no windows. There's all this, yeah, everything in it, front of it. It is. Um, you know, they could have had a bunker out in Elmendorf, you know, if they wanted to be circuitous. Yeah. But I just think. You know, control and, you know, controlling people like Campbell Lake and, and all of that yeah. riffraff. Yeah. You, you know, the time is gone uh, for this. Uh, it used to be a big thing in the 80s, but, you know, it's kind of like punk rock. You know, y- yuppies have to kind of uh, just chill out the, 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 the gated community and all of that. You know, we're, mm-hmm. we're in a time of real duress. And I, I just 
I, I just hate it when people like try to control like a situation, you know, like Campbell Lake. Mm-hmm. Back in the 50s, people just kind of did what they wanted, right? And, yeah, you know, right. We want to fill up a lake. Yeah, let's try this, you know. Yeah, well, suddenly they, permits, they, they feel they know. own all the property in the yeah. lake, and it's not that's not the case. But it's even beyond just the, the, the kind of that control part. It's just the, the built-in attitude. We are the lords and duchesses, you know. Yeah. We are uh, the, the sort of the old money, you know, mm-hmm. and we, we you know, generally have say in, in these matters or whatever. Yeah. And I just think that those those worn out tropes are totally worn out. We have to we have to redo the way we, you know, um, make life happen up here. Mm-hmm. And uh, I don't know how we get it back, but, you know, maybe, you know, it's, it's bigger than me. And but I, I really want to get it back, want to get that that generosity that that friendliness uh well you know the 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 people you're talking about the 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 entitled people don't ride on their bikes they're not they're not doing anything else in town i mean they're they're coming to insular if if i could if i could overgeneralize about their lives you know well when you have money you become a little more insular because even your friends you doubt uh yeah, as absolutely. to their motive is of yeah. why would you be sit around hanging around a piece of shit like me for well you, you know, know the people i know with money, of money i i, I mm-hmm. i'm friends with them because i can mock them <laughs> And if I can't, then yeah, then there's something right. else there's at no, play, and yeah. I'm not their friend, right? You know? Exactly. But it's like, yeah, you if have money. Skin is that thin. Yeah, yes, yeah. Yes. But here, here's a here. Let's put on this record of this cool band and listen to that. Speaking well, of cool bands, yeah. which I just did, this is like my okay. poor segue. Yeah. No, How many right. bands have you been in? I mean, it's the Duke Russell experience always yeah. in some form or another. Well, I you know Rick Kinsey with Pickle yep. is is kind of he was my my schoolmate too and um, and when Shane was just three days old we we made the first Pickle tape and I was bongos on a couple of songs mm-hmm. and um, I didn't know how, really how to play the, uh, the guitar but I wanted to and I was writing poems before I you know ninety three I was part of this kind of writers group with B, B Hutton and some other folks. And I was writing these things that they they looked a lot like songs. And they were kind of like the cowboy poet on Johnny Carson, you know, Mm -hmm. comes on and everything's kind of in sync in uh, meter or whatever. Um, And so, yeah, that's how kind of the left-handed vegetarian biker got started and doing uh, bike talk at Out North in 96, 97. And, um, but I, I always felt like I was not really the musician, kind of like, I didn't want to be a thirst trap. Like, you know, people knew me as a painter and, you know, I just kind of tried to play low key and, and have the basement for kind of for Shane and his friends in a way mm-hmm. and, and anybody else. So these, these, uh, different configurations of people, uh, it was a whole idea behind it, you know. It was to, to share that thing, right. and and I always was working on my stuff most recently uh, without a place, and and so you know it's been a, a like a dozen, a, you know half half a dozen bands or something, yeah. you know to answer your question. But uh, but I, I finally have a lot of songs down to memory. And now that I stopped drinking, you know, I can remember the lyrics and stuff. So I have a bit of material. I've mm-hmm. just pulled out because I've been doing all this other stuff. So 
I enjoy having fun with music, and I, yeah. I enjoy watching others have fun. And I'm I'm really glad Out of Place kind of broke up. I was having fun with the band, but you know, to see Shane with Childish Tycoon is uh, a mir a, not a miracle, just a marvel. Mm -hmm. Because Sean is such an amazing bassist, and Dave is an amazing drummer. Mm -hmm. Shane with his his songs and his his guitaring, uh, so. I'm just really psyched that he found his peers, and and I, I'm I'm one proud papa. How old know? is he now? He's 27, I think. Child, he's still a child. He's a giant child. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But uh, you know, it's uh, we're all kind of sort of going through, uh, you know, our stuff. Um, I, I think that he really had a lot of patience, you know, being in a band with me for two years and uh -huh. through COVID. And we've always played together, but you know, yeah. to be in the band band together, it yeah. was, he, you know, he was biting his tongue as much as I was, and so you know, but yeah, we, it, we, that's we, a, we survived a, it. Yeah, it's a thing. Well, I I think bands are excellent for people to learn how personalities work and just yeah. letting things go and flow. It was really good for us, you yeah. know, and and we we still we've always had a very close relationship. Yeah. Um. But I I have a new kind of. Uh, feeling about music i have a show on knr on sundays at, mm -hmm. at one o'clock one to two called the slideshow and um i just have gotten into music and really kind of exploring music more and mm -hmm. and uh just it has been a real um a real gift mm -hmm. to be able to do that show and and to uh kind of like coming to church a little bit you know yeah. just as a grounding has a real grounding effect to me well, definitely having a schedule under which you have to. That's the only something. thing I have to do all week. <laughs> for that well, I, I I drafted yeah. you. I had you come by to do a, a voice thing today. Yes. I mean, that's that's ostensibly why you're here. But then I just realized, like, wait, I like talking to Duke. Um, <laughs> but what what was it I pulled you away from? What was it you were just finishing? Well, I uh, I am drawing uh, the. Uh, it's not a pier. It's it's down by the public boat launch looking across the slough to the uh, container uh, container farm, I guess, what yeah. you call it. There's cranes and there's container uh, cartons, uh, whatever you call those. Mm -hmm. And um, it's about six and a half feet long, this board. Mm -hmm. It's a piece of spruce that I've had for probably 10 years. So it's perfectly dry. And uh, I planed it and sanded it really nice, and I'm using watercolor pencil on raw wood, oh, and then really? I seal it. Uh, so it's it's like a really tight drawing mm -hmm. of all the all the little bits and bobs, and um, yeah, I'm just I was really excited about it. I go down there and uh, sometimes uh, just look out across the water. Uh, I've been doing a lot of scootering, and so mm -hmm. that's one of my favorite places. So I've been looking yeah. at that for a while. And I was really happy I did because uh, some fan of mine came by and I think is interested in buying it. So nice. Um, yeah, it's not yeah. even finished yet. So yeah, that's the way things have been going for me. No, it's good. <laughs> <laughs> no, yeah. it, I love being outside and drawing. It it was it was a little stoic because I had I was cold. It was windy. It, you know, was not exactly yeah it finally warmed up it yeah. was really nice and the, the wind, change of the wind stopped and yep. it was really just golden out there yeah um but i really love having that you know that immediate access to your view well and you can't go back to the same place with the same painting the next day because everything is different isn't it gosh 
Well, if I was a real fussy pants, yeah, you know, but I'm, you know, what did happen was I did the first day yesterday. I got the first kind of two feet locked in. Yeah. And when I continued on, I slowly lost my proportions and things became just slightly larger. So it Excellent. made everything else like a little midget, you know, oh, I shouldn't use that term, but uh, small. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. No, uh, that's, that's one of the things I love about uh, your work, though, is because it, it's it, wonky. No, no, it's 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 where your attention goes, the size will work. Mm -hmm. You know, like, there could be a big person at the end of the sidewalk. I don't care. Yeah, I like yeah. what the the thought balloon over their head, or you know, a, a map you have done of downtown or something. Yeah. It's like, it's representational, and it just it uncoils in my mind rather than me expecting something mm -hmm. to be. You know, that's a good painting of a leaf. I, I could find that anywhere. Right. I'm going to take another quick break now from the interview and listen to some more music from the Cuma Collins. Here's something right out of one of Duke's paintings, Mission Band. instruments of soul well there's not any complaining you know because God is watching you and every word you make
Back to our interview with Alaskan artist Duke Russell. Well, this uh, spring I did a couple of dozen musician portraits. You might have seen some of them. Yes, I, 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 I noticed one in particular. I, I was I did one of you <laughs> yes. as a Viking god. Yes, because I just thought of Thor or something. Yeah, you, yeah. you you have well, this rain. Your your desk of <laughs> wires. It's like when you were going to say you want know, to interview. I was thinking of you had one of these helmets I had to put on my head. You know, with all the wires coming <laughs> yeah. out of it. I was like, yeah, you're in my laboratory now, (laughs) you know. You don't want to ruin the experiment by having someone officially recording or officially in the studio because it might not be where they're used to talking, Mm -hmm. you know. You Mm -hmm. you seem right at home, but sometimes we can talk to people that are, that are still looking at all the junk on the wall. Yeah. Just just feel at home and just, just relax and is relax. That's a terrible thing to tell somebody. Yeah. But to just, right. just the idea is just access what it is you want to say and what you want to express. And then through whatever means possible, it will come out and people will understand what it, what it is, whether or not you're stammering or speaking in a foreign language. People will get the idea that you're excited about a, a concept. Sometimes on the radio, when you hear people calling in, there is so much tension in their voice. It just sounds like they're about to cry. Yeah. You know? <laughs> it's like, you know, yeah. they're way up there and stuff. And so I, I get that. But I, of course, I'm, I'm very, uh, I'm very comfortable. And, you know, sometimes when I get on a jag about talking about stuff, I don't know where this, where my ideas kind of come from. They just kind of spill out. And I'm probably just about as interested in as, as what I'm saying as you are, <laughs> because it's like, I have no idea what's coming yeah. out in a minute. You know, oh, we were touching on that before we started recording, or maybe we were recording that it's not our job to to decide whether or not what we did was any good. Our yeah. job is to do things. Yeah, that's right. That's yeah. right. That's a real artist way kind of thing. One of those things I drew from, from that book. Yeah. It's, it's, uh, it's really great. And <clears throat> I, I think um, if there's a way to which you can consciously become more authentic, you know, or practice being authentic, which I think includes not really caring that much about what people would think one way or the mm-hmm. other and and not to be rude but essentially just go about what you're saying on some level uh w- without editing and without without second guessing whether or not they're going to be put off by what you say yeah. you know and, and that that keeps you from being authentic if you're constantly going and filtering you know data as yeah. as you think of it you know so yeah, I think the word authentic has become kind of a brand rather than an actual truth about how people. Yeah, you know, I know that the older word I get yeah. and the older you get, as we both do it at the same time, the less we care <laughs> yeah. about the things that seem to matter. Like, oh, I keep my mouth shut about something or mm-hmm. you know, not express a certain thing. Is that what's the point in holding back? The most interesting things come two-thirds of the way through the sentence it doesn't matter how you start it it's this other thing and you well, know, sometimes I, you gotta you gotta you gotta pound through a lot of things you gotta break a lot of rocks before <laughs> you get to the, what it is you need to well say. i can't wait to apologize for anything so you know whatever it is i'm ready i am so sorry <laughs> uh, you know too. i apologize i really, really uh, regret most yeah. of it um <laughs> Well, if I do have to sit on my hands, like say the in-laws or something like that, you know, it it's it's it just takes a lot of endurance, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, 
And so I'd rather be by myself than be with people who I have to maybe cater too much or, or you know, to, to, to whatever degree. Yeah. Um, you know, people call you weird or people, it's like they have a very limited, you have to meet people where they are, generally speaking. And that's yeah. just something that I think everybody needs to always keep in mind. But we, we sometimes rush into it. And we avoid that that read, right? We don't read it first, and we just start talking, yeah. and then all of a sudden we're stranded in our conversation because we've lost them, you yeah. know. Um, so I I don't know. Small talk and things like that are very uh, difficult, you know. I guess it is kind of a social lubricant to hey, how's the weather? Hey, to keep well, it light. Well, I, I find you know. asking people about their passions, just even in a mm -hmm. in a short conversation, if you can if you can just figure out what it is they like to talk about, yeah, why not ask them? Because right. man, I I learn so much, and people are extraordinarily happy to finally give voice to what it is that matters to mm -hmm. them. You know, mm -hmm. whether it's a you know, social thing, <coughs> an artistic thing, or just something they learned in in school or something like yeah. when i talk to a violinist i say oh tell me about your bow mm -hmm. that's a half hour conversation yeah, you know right. they're just so happy to they've learned so much detail about a certain thing you know don't they cost as much as the violin it's it's crazy yeah and just how things react mm -hmm. i mean you just learn so much about a single instrument and that's yeah. just one of of many it's like talking to a guitar player why do you have so many guitars <laughs> blah, blah, blah 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 they'll tell you the whole yeah the whole reason for that 57 i did have to poem. admit i mean i saw this uh, little snippet of jackson brown on you know playing live somewhere and i had to count at least 30 guitars on yeah. this rack behind him yeah. and i've seen him like on tiny desk and stuff i think he's a nerd you know i think he's a full well nerd. yeah yeah, I mean, there's really that, but there's also that like Paul um, Simon. When people, yeah, when people go to see a show, though, mm -hmm. they want to hear the sound that the record had, and some right. of that is just true to like, yeah, it's a guitar I played on the record. Oh, I, went I through, see. Went through five guitars to get that particular tone, you know, right? Right. As opposed to maybe Tom Petty, which is like, nah, it's the one I put on, or Eddie <laughs> Van Halen, which is like, I put this on and turn it all the way up. Brushes right. and stuff. I mean, you right. go through like for for painting, you don't just grab any old brush. You've got probably have some favorites. Yeah, I. I have to say, in acrylic painting, most of the most of the brushes are these white synthetic uh, brushes, and they are marvelous when you start out with a new one. And even if you wash it pretty good and really good, you still get uh, the plastic that dries it up and basically oh, thinks. Basically, it's uh, rendered relatively useless after a certain amount of time, so you just have to buy another one. Yeah, uh, stuff gets caught up in the ferrules, and and then you know when you're when you're loading your brush with something, you need your tip to to come to a point, and when it stops doing that, it's great for grass and stuff, but it's not yeah. good. It's not good for like control. Yeah, people might know the studio is called Surreal Studios, but not for obvious reasons. But I would look at a Salvador Dali painting and see like just a small face and a head that he did. And I'd mm -hmm. look at it and realize like he did that he loaded his brush right and he just kind of did that, did that with one stamp. He knew what he was doing there or a, a yeah. knife blade. Yeah. You'd yeah. paint a knife blade and you'd look at it and realize like that's a single stroke. That yeah. was that was all preparation for that one motion mm -hmm. on the canvas. So much can go into a, a small thing. Yeah. I call it chops, you know, and I'm coming from a much more of an R crumb 
place, yeah. you know, where it's kind of representational American contemporary, you know, pathos. Uh, you know, when you're talking about like a, a sort of the dot and the dash of like the Homer pile, uh, you know, late 19, 19th century, you know, um, it's kind of like Sidney Lawrence and mm -hmm. uh, a number of Winslow Homer, a number of uh, painters that, that, that work with the palette knife and mm -hmm. has this vision, you know, that you can see it. Yeah. And, and it's a particular like talent, but um, after like this whole magic of like, you know, when you look at it real close, it doesn't look like much, but you pull away, it all comes together. Mm -hmm. You know, it, it's not, I'm not going to call it a gimmick. You know, it just, it is kind of going towards a, a particular uh, preset of, yeah. of, of, of viewing. With me, you know, I'm really trying to, uh, to, to write in as much as I paint in. You know, it, it's like it's a storytelling thing. Like the panoramics are great right. because you can read it right to left, like a story, yeah. and and have a little bit of a of a verbal narrative for yourself. Oh, mm -hmm. look, this is happening, and that's happening. Well, I loved you. Know, you, had, you had an era of uh, of narrative that you would you would write on right. the paintings, and right. that was that was fascinating to yeah. me. I mean, just the strange distortions of people in the first place, but mm -hmm. just what your overlying and underlying take was on things and and not even you being personally involved in it it was it was it was this whole world there and a, yeah. and a fascinating painting you could just well, look at well i was it. really angry i was a new parent and i was just afraid hand that i hand. was kind of losing everything mm -hmm. you know and i did this show at the cars Ga godstein gallery at apu mm -hmm. and uh, there were probably seven or eight really large format paintings with about a paragraph or so uh, about each one and they were kind of letters to the editor and just sort of like my response and and i was at an age where i was writing a lot of letters to the editor i was opening up the the paper every day to see if it got printed <laughs> it was a huge deal you know yeah, yeah. and but when I hear kids like my age or their when I was 30 whatever mm -hmm. and they're talking about what you should do and what you shouldn't do and and all of this stuff I just I do kind of giggle and because it just it reminds me of myself being kind of a zealot about this or that or the other yeah even though I was I had humor in some of these observations that we're talking about I, I was like the Girl Scout cookie one you know was two girls one has a big Girl Scout cookie backpack like a frame backpack with like 80 pounds of cookies on it right, yeah. and the other girl's trying to talk her out of leaving Girl Scouts and she's like you can't leave Girl Scouts once you're in you know <laughs> it's it that's it <laughs> and uh, it's about you know uh, the, the sort of the cookie uh, you know, uh, companies yeah, right. taking taking yeah. on these, these uh, nine year old sales force. You know, uh, which I continued that in my my comic book about when you have extracurricular activities at school, they they saddle you with some kind of fundraising thing, even though you are going to benefit on some level. You're yeah. still being exploited. <laughs> yeah, and I've always you know. felt like when you walk out of school, you should you should be into the you're the next part of your day or the next part of your life well it, it brings the question are you my friend you know are you are you really my advocate are, you know or, or i'm just just another pill you know mm -hmm. or am i just another you know whatever and you you wonder like 
I know, I remember the first time my daughter said, I thought all adults were, you know, at my best, uh, had my best interest in mind and stuff. It's like, no, it's not always like that, you know? Yeah. Um, Well, that's one of the best lessons you can give kids. I've always been, I've always tried to mess with my kids. (laughs) (laughs) I have. I, you know, teach them what it's like to get lied to. Not not in a cruel way. No, it's a hoodwink. It's a hoodwink. Yeah, exactly. A friendly hoodwink. To just be on your guard for... You know, you don't want yeah. to be too passive, right? Yeah, right. But yeah. I, I want to make sure they're getting the correct change, man. <laughs> <laughs> Count your change. That's right. That's yeah. right. Yeah, yeah. Be be good, Prince Albert. I'm always doing Prince Albert. <laughs> Respect your parents. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah. what what's what's your most recent bike? Are you still riding? Uh, well. Now, bicycle, I have not bought a new bicycle in a long time. I I did find a one-speed that is kind of a project bike, but uh, my new passion is is scootering. Scootering. So Laura Oden, famous uh, musician, uh, she gave me, I think she she had some issues with the danger of, of scootering. And so she gave me her scooter, 150. It, it goes, you know, 45, so I was able to kind of keep up with traffic. And I've been, my goal, more or less, was to drive down every single road in Anchorage. Yeah. And I pretty much have done it, and then mm-hmm. now it's just kind of learning the roads, not just driving we, down it. You know? I think we spotted, because I, mm-hmm. I drive at night with my son. We okay. do this every time we can. For a couple uh-huh. hours, we go around the perimeter town and find a neighborhood. And really? Okay. But I think I think we found one of the neighborhoods you might have mentioned, mm-hmm. which is mm-hmm. there's um, um, these, uh, what I would call mobile homes, kind of near Costco on the yep. east side. And it's just this strange thing that just sort of got teleported in. Mm-hmm, this mm-hmm. it's uh, it's it it belongs on a different planet. Well, when you look at the Google Map, any yeah. place in Anchorage where it looks like a memory chip to a computer, <laughs> uh, there is a problem, you know, <laughs> because it yeah. is like elbow yeah. to a hole, you know, le- le- legacy, yeah, legacy, really legacy tight planning, yeah. And some people like I. I said something i took a picture of this one place and it, they took a bunch of mobile homes and they put roofs on it and they all looked the same mm-hmm. and but there's not a soul in sight this was during the beginning of covid but not a soul in sight there was a few cars and stuff but um you know somebody's like well you know that's what they can afford and you know you shouldn't punch down i wasn't really punching down it was just like lacking any sort of humanity at all yeah. one single tree one just friendly whatever and it was just like a uh, you know do-it-yourself jail you know yeah, in right. a way. Yeah. and and uh but again i want i want for better for everyone you know yeah. and and realizing how some some folks have to do this like in the in front of some of these uh, other uh places around there you know there's like a ton of cars in front of each unit right yeah, yeah. i mean yeah i know god that, knows yeah. how many people well, are inside you and, know, and they're, not, but they're not they're not old dotsons you know they're, yeah, they're not old right, junkers right, you know right. there's 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 a certain car like uh, yeah well i mean it's a car culture you know, yeah and right because right. that's you're spending a lot of time in there and that's how you get around and that's part of what you're mm-hmm, doing but i'm mm-hmm. surprised like Considering the smaller living conditions that people have, that there's there's that much, in a car. but I could I can understand. I mean, I used to live in a very small place. 
but I'd like actually like the precision of a smaller locale, Absolutely. which I think is what we were talking about too, with like with moving things from one place to another. Like I just recently mm-hmm. had to move my studio, didn't have to, but I moved my studio downtown. And what is it you said uh, that now you're Knowling. out of boxes? Now yeah. you now you yeah, knowing and but also knowing where stuff is. Knowing where stuff is, right? I tell you. Yeah. Moving here, um, I thought I was going insane because I could not figure out where I had put stuff down or took something out of a box and put it somewhere. Mm-hmm. You know, and it, it took it's taken a it couple throws of your years. Day. It throws your day way off. Yeah, it, t- it takes a it takes it takes a minute or two to remember that's where the wrench is, that's the pencil and all that, right. because the map is gone. The map yeah. of the old place. I was in the old studio for thirty five years. And so I knew exactly where Mm -hmm. that pencil was. I knew exactly where the adapter was. I knew where I put stuff down. Not so much right this minute, but but in culling things and getting it down a little little more. It's nice to have that map not have to be so large. But I was surprised that that it was so baked in to my to my uh, uh, library in my head that that I couldn't I just couldn't build another wing that quickly. Right. Well, just organizing paints in a rainbow uh, order can save, uh, you know, an hour in a full day's painting yeah, because yeah. you're not taking three minutes to shuffle through these tubes of paint to find the one you're looking for mm-hmm. or the pencil or whatever. You know, I mean, there are, there are great advantages of uh, like putting your keys in the left side pocket or whatever you need to do. Just keep yeah. doing it. And don't vary from that plan, yeah. you know, and have some solid things that you do. And I don't know how to name certain things. I have stuff, it's like it, it's not an expendable, like scotch tape, or it's not a hardware item, like a screw or a bolt, or, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I find that just in, in Googling stuff, like what's my question? Mm-hmm. How do I word this in order to get the results I want, you know, and it really is fascinating how hard that is mm-hmm. putting a name to something, yeah, you know, and putting a purpose to it and yeah. and really understanding why you have it, <laughs> you, know? <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's, it's a kind of a thing, yeah. <clears throat> but I, I, what I kind of wanted to say here is, is that what I've learned, you know, for a long time because I was self sort of self taught or others taught me is that you know what kind of artist am i you know am i an illustrator am i fine artist am i contemporary visual artist is you know and all these kinds of things is like i don't know what all that stuff means you know and i was just like poking around here poking around there and i just didn't have any kind of thing but but at the end more towards the end of this i realized that you know you can apply the same bits and pieces that allow you to paint a picture organized picture you can take those same bits and bobs and make a really delicious meal or make a fun song you know and and it's the same guts it's the same bits of it you know and and that's another thing where people could could use one attribute of that strong card and apply it to so many other things in their life and you know they would get the the same results you know as as they do with their with their strong card you know does that make sense yeah so i that's what i think really being an artist is is being able to apply whatever that thing is 
that gizmo that makes that allows you to, to figure it out and break it down into baby steps and do it you know that's the action plan and and the ability to just manifest the thing you know without conversation and i love that and and, yeah. and that's they say it the first 40 years of your adult life is rehearsal and then you get to kind of do it you yes. know and a lot of people just don't have the patience to stick with it and but I, I i really sucked at art you know i i i had bad handwriting i would sort of be half cursive and block letters and i i had just really poor proportionalities and, and it was just tough all around so he just, just kept struggling and you know as a drummer i still kind of struggle from you know like i have a choke factor that's just unbelievable and so if i'm like my even is off man you know it's just really really horrible but i'm still very passionate about playing drums and practice you know and 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 try to and try to get better and i do um you know achieve some of these things so it's just like the whole thing sticking with it, you know, yeah. regardless. Oh, yeah, yeah. And in, in, in part of what I do, I have this uh, music archive. And so I want everybody's music, right? Yeah. I want everything you've ever done. I want everything, you know, from Pickle. I want everything from, you know, this, the music scene in the 80s and 90s. Mm -hmm. And I have to remember sometimes people are hesitant to give it to me because <laughs> they hated it. <laughs> it's like I, I, I know from working with people and their voices that there's a thing, and I have it too, and it's called voice confrontation. And it's where you are confronted with the sound of your own voice. You're confronted with all of everything. Mm. Suddenly you're remembering that time, you know, when you were five that, you know, some stinky aunt called, said, oh, you can't sing. You right. Know, all of this stuff comes back to you at that moment. And for a lot of people, that they don't want to hear their own voice, though, on, on something playing back. I, I can usually just say that, you know that feeling you get when you hear your own voice? It's a very deep, strange, awkward feeling. Do you ever feel that way about hearing anybody else's voice that mm -hmm. you've ever heard in your mm -hmm. entire life? That is a feeling we <clears throat> reserve only for ourselves. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and so if you can just fake your way past that, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. everything's fine. You know, it, yeah. it's hard to fake your way past it, but yeah. just assume, like me talking to you right now, I don't want to hear what I said later. I don't want to hear this story mm -hmm. that I've said a hundred mm -hmm. times. Mm -hmm. And yet it's the first time for other people and they will find the underlying thing that's, that's right. interesting in it. Right. And it's why I like looking at your paintings, you mm -hmm. know, I, I, I'm finding things in them. I, you know, it's, it references my own life in a way that you couldn't have predicted when you yeah, painted it right you know right. but i happen to like that that color of red on the side of a building you know and that and that shape of face there you know it, it speaks to me in a particular way you know yeah. so just i want more of well the life of of some of the work is is kind of interesting one one story i i tell a lot is arlita jones is a playwright and she uh, was in the UAA 48-hour screenplay uh, contest where you come up with this uh, this play in the 48 hours and the one particular year they were using visual prompts to create so they uh, used my a painting that I did from uh, New York of uh, 42nd and Grand Central there are people just kind of walking down the street in the painting and high-rise towers behind and um, somebody's on the phone there's a little bubble of dialogue or something like I love you baby or something and they created a whole play 
based on this painting mm -hmm. in and won the UAA contest for, for that year. And they were able to go back to New York to perform it as as the winner of this particular contest and compete, I guess, in another in another competition. So so kind of full full circle kind of a thing where, you know, the life of, of a painting takes on its own path in a way. Yeah, you yeah. know, it's kinda that's kinda cool. Um, I did feel like somebody from Mars dropped down into yeah. into someone's <laughs> neighborhood, you know, and it's, uh, being on the corner, you know, of a street with my folding easel, yeah. you know, four square feet of Manhattan, you know, yeah. it's kind of like you set up shop, but you have kind of a cover, mm -hmm. right? You know, you got this prop, and so yeah. people they come up to you and say all kinds of stuff. It's really yeah. <laughs> quite entertaining. <laughs> I love, I, yeah. I could do that like all day. Yeah, you know, right. you know. Well, I was standing outside a building. You're just standing out there. You look like a psycho if you have a cigarette. Right, you're fine. right. You actually fine. have a you know, beret. No. Smock. Yeah, you don't strike me as a smock person. You know, the I did not get a smock. Um, <clears throat> I... I the honking really got to me after nine days. I was like so over the, the, oh God, the yeah. honking. Yeah, you know, it's so. their mosquitoes. I, I guess. came, I came out alive. You know. Well, when, thanks for yeah. Thanks for talking. Yes, this, red sculpting many times. These are important things, and uh, I'll be tossing on some of your music. Awesome. Duke Russell, old friend, bicyclist, Anchorage artist, and humanitarian. When I get my cast off, I'll start. Climbing the hill When I'm on my crutches I'll be going up high, high, high When I get together When nothing falls apart That's when I'll make some kick-ass art When I clean this mess up I'll call in the magazines and photograph the evidence. It's not the crime of scenes when I get it spruced up. Everyone can see the magnificence of genius in its entirety when I make this masterpiece. Out of all the pieces lying around that I've been saving up for something, I've got at least four rubber bands and the ties from several loaves of bread. About five dozen bags of various colors and several types of blue. To everything. Good as gold, as good as it gets. You seem to know your colors. Like the master. 